1: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the bunker. Folks, first off, we have made it through another week in America. So bravo. Welcome to Friday. I want to start off, there was just so many stories this week, but I, I want to start off with a couple of things that are just so disgusting with regard to Republicans and what they've been doing. So if you remember, like take take a walk back to your youth, right? To the Republicans of yesteryear, whose slogan was about small government, right? That they didn't want government intrusion. And I would argue that today's libertarians or whoever those people are that still identify as libertarians are roughly what the earlier machination of the Republican party was. It was like small government, uh, no government overreach, the government's too much in my business, yada, yada, yada. Now, right. You can see by virtue of what is happening across multiple red States, right. And a majority of our States in this country, I believe it's about 38, uh, States are, it's definitely over 30 are controlled by Republican governors. And you have this matchup between Florida and Texas, between DeSantis and Abbott uh, on who can be the worst, right? It's like Texas will do something egregious. And then Florida is like, wait, hold my beer. Let me do something draconian. Oh, wait, hold my beer. I can one-up you. And it seems to be this continued one-upping of how horrible you can be for your constituents, right? So to make matters even worse, we've been talking a lot on woke AF with abortion advocates, with abortion storytellers, um, talking about you know prior to the Dobbs decision, uh, which totally got rid of, wiped out, decimated, destroyed uh, a nearly fifty-year precedent with Roe v. Wade. And then following the decision, we've talked with a lot of people. And the thing that I have been most upset about is the lack of urgency. And not only the lack of urgency from the Biden administration, but just the lack of strategy altogether. When we think about when the leaked document came out, we had at least a two and a half month lead on what we knew could potentially be coming down the pike. And I don't know if it was just this hopeful nature of Democrats to think like, oh, no, no, they would never do that, even though it was written in black and white over 98 pages, exactly what it was that they were going to do. But this administration waited until after the fact to even put together a task force to even start to think about, well, what can we do? And my anger and frustration comes because I'm just like, not only did they give you a two months plus lead time to the destruction that a reversal of this magnitude was going to have on this country immediately in the states that all had trigger laws for Roe v. Wade, but if you really think about it, y'all had like five decades lead because Republicans never stopped organizing in plain sight, saying that their number one objective which they finally got after 50 years was to overturn Roe v. Wade. So again, confused about The lack of decision to codify Roe v. Wade when we did have a supermajority for the brief time that we did in the Obama administration and why Democrats have always stayed away from doing what was right by taking those measures because they're so concerned with their present day power, they can't fathom what could potentially be coming down the road. And therein lies my problem with the fucking Democratic Party, which is, If you at this stage, having lived through the last several years under Donald Trump and Trumpism, if you are not well aware of the lengths that Republicans are willing to go in order to secure their power, I don't know what else it is to tell you. And I don't know how else to ring the alarm. So let me ring this alarm. Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton, who, by the way, apparently at some point in time was fucking indicted, but then the DOJ took forever to put his trial together. Nonetheless, Ken Paxton and the state of Texas are suing the Biden administration. Why are they suing the Biden administration? Because one of the pushbacks that Biden did have in his toolbox was to have HHS say that all places, all states, all areas that are receiving federal money under HHS guidelines must, if the life of the pregnant person is at risk, right? Due to a complicated emergency situation in their pregnancy, then an abortion must and should be an option. And that that is directly in HHS guidelines. So Texas, which was one of the first states to uh, have their six week abortion ban, which again, for those of you who have never had a menstrual cycle, most people do not know that they are fucking pregnant after six weeks. It takes you to miss said period. And many pregnant, many people who have the ability to get pregnant miss periods, right? That is just part of cycles. Um, and so, or they come late or what have you. So they had a six week ban. They then institute their vigilante ban, but now Ken Paxton is saying, Oh no, 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 that's not enough. We don't give a fuck. If anyone's life is at risk of uh, uh at all there is no there is no where what republicans are saying and let me just say this in no on certain terms there is no middle ground there is no where to meet these people right rape is on the table incest is on the table death of the pregnant person is on the table There is nowhere to go. They see absolutely no exception needing to be made and they don't give a fuck if your life is going to be at risk so long as they can preserve a collection of cells. So you breathing, living, heart-pounding human that is breathing oxygen, we could give a fuck so long as we can preserve These cells, or it actually doesn't even matter because Danielle Campamore, our friend and writer for the today show has also said for today.com has also lifted up a story about a woman who is pregnant, was received information living in a red state that her pregnancy was not going to make it to term. It was not, it is not a viable pregnancy. She cannot get an abortion. The baby is not going to make it. Right. And so this woman is essentially walking around with a living with 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 a, a, a a living coffin inside of her. Right? Like, can you imagine that the state is getting to decide your emotional and physical well-being? That they are forcing this woman to continue each day carrying a A, a baby inside of her that is not going to make it just, just think about receiving that news, right? And then feeling like, my God, I need to make this decision as soon as possible, because I need at some point, not only to begin my physical healing process, but to begin my emotional and mental healing process. And the state saying, no, you should continue to suffer. Because that's what's happening. And Ken Paxton and the state of Texas have basically said to every person who can become pregnant in that state, fuck you. That's what, they're, that's what they've said. So they're going to sue HHS and say, oh no, you have government overreach. They have, the federal government has overreach in ensuring that the life of the person that is carrying said baby should supersede the, the, the baby that has yet to be born. And again, I use baby right now because I'm using uh, the language of what Ken Paxton is saying. This is not what this is. And this is the trap that we all fall into. But the reality is that when we then say callous, they put on us this callousness that we do not care about life. And the reality is, is that we have not found the way to say, are you fucking kidding me? You don't care about life. Do you see the pushback that is happening right now? The backtracking, I should say, with Republicans and outlets like the disgusting Wall Street Journal, who had the audacity to put together an op-ed about the 10-year-old girl that was raped in Ohio. And then they Put out an op-ed that said, oh, this abortion, this story is just too good to be true. Too good to be true? How the fuck? What kind of human being would even think to write something like that without doing any verification? And the trauma that we just repeatedly put rape and incest victims through in this country before... Roe v. Wade was reversed is disturbing and disgusting, but then to write quote unquote, think pieces to provide your opinion. And then lo and behold, what do we find out? Oh, the 10 year old girl who was six weeks and three days pregnant. So was not able to get an abortion in Ohio then has to be, taken across state lines to Indiana to receive an abortion there. Her rapist, by the way, was caught, confessed. She was raped on two different occasions. Now the state Republican AG in Indiana has decided to investigate the doctor that did the abortion. What the fuck? Oh, because the doctor should have turned away the 10 year old girl. That's right. Because We don't care in this country. White, cis men in power could care less, right? I mean, we know this country is patriarchal. We know that is built upon on misogyny. But a 10-year-old girl, conservative, quote-unquote conservative, fascist, can't find it, can't find the ticking in their own heart. To think about their own fucking kids, their own families? No. And what gets me, folks, is that Democrats will not use this. No, they will not use this for midterms. They will not tell stories over and over again that will run on your television that tell you exactly who the Republicans are. Oh, by the way, 168 Republicans voted against an active shooter bill. That was put out because we shouldn't be putting out alerts, apparently, about active shooters. What the fuck? How do we allow this Christo fascist cult to continue to control this country and not even so much as message in a way that should run over and over and over again that they don't care about life? They don't care about your kids. We just got new video of the Uvalde police doing not a fucking thing as 19 children and their teachers were murdered. The video shows, which was edited, by the way, to take out the sounds of screaming children. And I say, for whose benefit? For whose benefit was that? I'm sure as fuck it was not the parents' benefit. I'm pretty sure it was for the benefit of the police and the benefit of the fucking governor. Oh, let them not hear the screaming children that those police officers surely fucking heard as they were sitting out putting hand sanitizer on their hands and looking at their phones fully in combat gear and then denying parents who are running into the building with absolutely nothing on, but just the fire inside them to go rescue their children and do the job that cops don't want to do. But these are the same people, the same politicians who vote against legislation to keep your children safe, to take weapons of war off the street. And they turn around and they say, Oh no, you know what we should do? We should arm teachers. Motherfucker, you arm cops and they don't do a fucking thing. But now you expect teachers to do more than the police officers do, right? Every single one of those Uvalde police officers should be charged as an accessory to murder. 19 counts. Every single one of them that were called to the scene of Rob Elementary School Every single one of them should lose their fucking jobs. Their pension should go to those families and they should be tried as accessories to murder because that is what they are. How we continue to take the word of police officers to hold them in some high esteem. And the question that I ask is why? Why are they deserving? Because I can name at least five things that have happened this fucking month and the month is not even halfway over yet that have happened that show us that police officers in this country, not only should they not be able to carry guns, they shouldn't have the protection of qualified immunity. That every time that they empty out their cartridges into the bodies of unarmed black people Every single one of those bullets should carry a year, two, three, four, five years in jail. When it comes out that they emptied their weapon on the wrong person or an unarmed person. That every time for every make an example, you know, this government always wants to make an example of black and brown people. Never want to make an example of white people that just get away literally with murder. It's amazing. I have people, you know, the other day I had posted my video on TikTok about the Uvalde police. If you're not following me on TikTok, I'm at Danielle Moody underscore. Totally follow me there. I'm having the most fun. But I posted this video about the Uvalde police and somebody in my comments who I later blocked um, said the way that you go after police, and then you expect them to protect you. Wait, what? So, oh, they didn't, they didn't pledge an oath to protect and serve. It It's contingent upon my attitude. So if I'm nice, if I kiss their ass, if I beg, right, for dignity and respect, you mean that then I'll be deserving of the protection that my tax dollars pay for. Is that how that works? I don't fucking think so. Hey there, I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on to Donald Trump, (laughs) the seventh hearing, the seventh congressional hearing on January 6th was just as wild as the sixth hearing that featured Cassidy Hutchinson, but folks, I want to tell you that that December 18th meeting that we learned about, that fucking, as Cassidy Hutchinson said in her text messages, the unhinged meeting, you know, it would read, Axios did a fantastic like 13 minute read or 13 minute listen on exactly what went down in the West wing and then would later continue on into the presidential residence on that night. And how these people, Sidney Powell, uh, Giuliani, Mark Flynn, uh, the fucking overstock guy and whoever else were able to just mosey on in to the white house, uh, just shows you what a loose operation that they were running over there. But nonetheless, Sydney Powell, I am just so confused about how this woman got a law degree. I really am. Because even like the the accusations, the baseless accusations that she was throwing around in the West Wing about we need to seize the machines because they're corrupted from Venezuela and I have the evidence and Pat Cipollone... White House counsel, whose video we watched during the the seventh congressional hearing, is like, oh, you have evidence? Show me. Oh, you, you, you have real evidence? Show me. Because that's what we're looking for. But you have no evidence. Everything that you are saying is bullshit. But then I want people to understand the mindset of these people who were surrounding Donald Trump and how they feed into Donald Trump's megalomania. The man was clearly desperate and unhinged, right? That is the only way to think about Donald Trump in the days following the election, following the certification leading into the inauguration. This was a man that was literally grasping at straws and just wanted to hear from anybody didn't matter who it was, didn't matter if they made sense at all, didn't matter if there was a legal route to take. So long as they would tell him, I am fighting for you, you're going to remain president, we still have a path to victory. What are you talking about? There was no path. Mark Meadows, my God, Mark Meadows, if Mark Meadows does not get indicted by the Department of Justice among many other people. But him in particular, I I really have no faith then, no faith in this Justice Department, no faith in government, right? We might as well all, you know, develop our own compounds, have our own laws, and just govern ourselves, which is essentially where we're headed. Parable of the Sower, if you didn't read it yet, will be a really good guide and necessary for this next phase of America. But Mark Meadows knowing that these people are absolute crackpots, says, oh, well, I'm going to find a constitutional loophole. I'm sorry. Is Mark Meadows a constitutional scholar? And so Mark Meadows also only gets his power from being a leech onto Donald Trump. All of these people do. And is busy just trying to find some rando loophole in the constitution that allows Donald Trump to rule like a king. Thank God that the founding fathers in some way, shape, or form kind of sort of foresaw a Donald Trump coming, but clearly not good enough because with these originalists that are now, uh, overseeing our country from there, from upon high at the Supreme court, You know, I don't even think that if this case, say, say, go on this walk with me. If Donald Trump and all of his lackeys that were criming in the fucking Oval Office, criming all over that White House, um, were the masterminds of the violent insurrection, Donald Trump knew what was happening. Not only did Donald Trump know, it was plan B, right? Plan A was all of the, Lawsuits that were laughed out of court. Uh, according to Axios, Sidney Powell then says, when she's called out in the Oval Office on the December 18th meeting, all of the judges are corrupt. We can't trust any of them. One of White House staff says, even the ones that we appointed, the ones that are laughing you out of court, you mean those we can't trust either? They're also, right? doing some, they're they're also corrupt. What are you talking about? And is this your basis for everything that everyone needs to be replaced in every such place and run by you lunatics, which is essentially what she wanted? She was gonna be named some type of general counsel within the Department of Justice so that she could lead up the voting task force. What? And then when Trump is told once again by, I guess, the kind of rational people in the room, you can't do that. That is actually the attorney general would be able to make that appointment happen. And that's not happening. First, you try with Jeffrey Clark and everybody in the DOJ is like, so we're out if that's the move that you're going to make is to get rid of Bill Barr in these last couple of weeks and then install Jeffrey Clark and then install Sidney Powell. And then somehow Donald Trump was going to remain president of the United States. Like, was that the timeline? Was that the chain reaction that we were looking at, that they were looking for? Folks, if you have not read the Axios article, by all means, like it, it would, it would be, amazing entertainment. It reads like murder she wrote without the murder. It's like a, an Agatha Christie novel, right? The way that it reads and it would be amazing entertainment if our if I don't know, our democracy wasn't hanging in the balance as to whether or not the Department of Justice is going to wake the fuck up and actually do their job. The other thing that I keep hearing come out from cable news outlets is asking questions to legal analysts about whether or not the department of justice will indict Donald Trump. And if that that indictment will be bad for the country, I'm sorry, what? What the fuck do you think could be worse than what is happening right now? You mean holding the rich white man accountable for obstructing justice? For seditious conspiracy, for fraud, for all of the things would do more harm than not holding said person accountable and then blatantly telling the American people what we already know is that there are multiple tracks of justice. And unless you have the bank account to match the first track, you will always end up in jail, right? Because that's how it works. If you are poor and you are a person of color, you have no defense, right? You are a criminal from the jump. But if you have the complexion for the protection and then the bank account, right, for that, oh, then we'll, we'll just look the other way. That's essentially the question that's being asked on cable news. And I wish that they would just stop beating around the bush and say the fucking truth. The country will not be harmed if a former twice impeached criminal is, is fucking indicted. It would give us hope that everything hasn't crumbled to the ground, that maybe just maybe our democracy can hang on just a little bit longer because we are dusting off the fucking like (laughs) the grinders and like going back to work to protect this country from another Donald Trump who was smarter. Which is not that fucking hard to do because you see the battle, like I said earlier, that is going on between Death Santis and Abbott. These are the people that would be a part of a Republican open primary against Joe Biden if, God damn it, he runs in 2024. They're younger, they're smarter. They've actually been career politicians and they have the same sick ideology as Donald Trump. So if you are not signaling to the people that are coming behind Trump, that are literally riding his wings. Then you basically just said it's open season for anybody. That's what you just said. And I don't know if the Department of Justice has wrapped their fucking minds around this yet, but that's what they're doing. (sighs) Lastly, folks, um, I wrote a piece in the daily beast this week talking about Biden and the fact that it's not too late for Democrats to fight and to win midterm elections that we don't just have to acquiesce and resign ourselves to losing because that's what happens when the party in power goes up in midterms, right? It doesn't have to be the way, but if, we do not make a serious pivot, a serious shift and start to embrace the younger upstarts that actually have the pulse of the people like AOC, like Cory Bush, like Jamal Bowman and others, right? If we, if this administration and democratic establishment that are well into their 70s and 80s do not begin to embrace and lift up those younger voices. There's another article in the New York times today that says generation Z ain't trying to fuck with Joe Biden and the democratic establishment, right? The poll that came out with New York times and Sienna said 94% of generation Z, the generation that is 30 and below, it's not trying to fuck with this administration. And just You know, as a heads up as well, something that really struck me, they don't really have a strong memory, particularly those in their twenties of America's good old days. We've pretty much been handing them a pile of shit since they were born from climate change to voter suppression to now the not being able to get an abortion, right? to everything just worsening to the rise of fascism and white supremacy. Like we are handing them a shit sandwich. So if they opt out altogether, where does that leave us? And what I said in my piece at the daily beast right now is that there is still time, but instead of calling out activists as the Biden administration chose to do following the road decision and say that those that are calling for him to do more are quote unquote, out of step with mainstream Democrats. This entire establishment is out of step with fucking reality. And there's just a handful of weeks for them to get their shit together before it's November.
0: Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an easy-breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with easy-breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits
1: that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Foxtrot isn't just a brand.